calling all video game toy and comic vendors. Saturday, May 30th at the Superkick Columbus Indoor Soccer Arena in Lewis Center, Ohio comes the 2020 Torg Gaming Expo. The Torg Gaming Expo will offer a wide variety of comics, toys, video games, as well as door prizes, art, arcades, special guests, panels, and video game tournaments. The Expo will be hosting the Classic Tetris World Championship Midwest Qualifier during this event. Finalists will win a trip to Oregon for the finals and a cash grand prize. For vendors who would like to attend the Expo, don't miss the Early Bird Special, where you get an 8-foot table for $40 until February 1st. Want to be involved with the Expo but don't want a table? Become a sponsor. Multiple spots are available and will be advertised to attendees, but act fast because spots are limited. The 2020 Torg Gaming Expo, presented by the Canned Air Podcast. For more details or to sign up as a vendor or sponsor, go to torgevents.com. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bug that splatters across the windshield of crime. I am Darkwing Duck, and I'm listening to the Canned Air Podcast. How about you? Welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I am Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And returning to the show this week from Midnight27Studios.com, we welcome Adam Fields back to the show. Adam, thank you so much for being back with us. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Got a good show lined up for you today in the Retro Roundtable. Reboots and sequels. What was the inspiration for this, Randy? Uh, just with The Mandalorian and then the uh, Charlie's Angel sequel that, or <laughs> reboot that bombed. M- Mandalorian how? Oh, just the spinoff sequel of sorts mm. to... I'll give it to you. It could be a sequel. I mean, it could be loose. Okay, so the Charlie's, Charlie's Angels. Angels. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Uh, when does that release? Is it soon? It already, already did. did. What? It just came out. They didn't talk about it at all. It wasn't. It just showed up one day, petered out really quick. Oh yeah. yeah, only made like eight millions over the weekend or something. Laughable. We'll, we'll make something positive happen yeah, from Charlie's go. Angels by talking reboots and sequels. Then we're going to turn our attention over to Adam and talk more about what he's been up to since he was here on episode three oh three. So it hadn't what's twenty one episodes yeah. ago. All right, but before we do that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you want to support the show and uh, get access to our Candair Patreon pod, all you have to do is go to uh, patreon.com forward slash CannedAirPod, and for $5 a month, you get that access. And uh, we were just talking before we started recording here, you know, after the first of the year, the Patreon page has some big changes coming. The tiers are going to be reworked. Uh, there's going to be a lot more content on there, uh, for, you know, more bang for the buck, I guess, yeah, is what yeah, we're going yeah. for. And uh, just a cleaner appearance. It, that it's stale. That that is so dated. Our Patreon page. <laughs> we need to update it. But uh, just gotta find the time, I guess. Right? Yeah. Uh, what else we got, guys? Wizard. Oh uh, well, this weekend after Thanksgiving is their last show of the year. Oh, okay. In Bay Area. <laughs> In Bay Area. Okay. So this is one last chance. In uh, 2019, for our listeners yes. to take advantage of Canned Air in the promo box at checkout on wizardworld.com. That's it. There it is. Don't let this one get past you, people. Yeah. You Bay Area people. Go ahead, Randy. If you guys are into video games, check out our boy Jack. He's doing some streaming on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. There you go. So what's Playing what's... Jedi Fallen Order that just came out a couple weeks ago. Canned Air's current. Mm-hmm. Let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And here we go. I'll be back. <laughs> All right. Reboots and sequels. Where do we start, gentlemen? Who wants to who wants to go first? I'll go first with one. Go first go with one. It. I guess there was four sequels not really a reboot i guess they did kind of reboot a little bit but i don't think it ever worked very well indiana jones ooh. uh ooh, okay you mean the the trilogy is pretty much untouchable but like well there's anything a that came after trilogy, isn't it 
there's four of them five of them there's four of them four is it four yeah Eight we won't talk crystal. about crystal skulls though but... <laughs> yeah we'll see that's why i thought you brought it up no no okay sequel i would say would be the uh, temple of doom was... oh yeah well the, the original ones are awesome mm-hmm. yeah those are fun movies then they had the i don't know if it was a prequel or whatever the young indiana jones they did for a little bit who was that was that that was baby goose right uh, ryan gosling or no that was young hercules excuse me yeah i think I don't know who did the young one. I know that in the in the second movie or no third movie, the one with Sean Connery. Yeah, the intro. That was. I feel like it was a name like a River Phoenix played young. Indy. Yeah, but that's who was, it was. River Phoenix. Well, in, in the, the movie, movie, yeah. I see. But I don't know who it was. I know there there was a show, right? I'm pre- I'm, yeah, oh, yeah. Was, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Maybe I dreamed it. Well, we had the same dream. If so, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sean Patrick Patrick Flannery, that sound right? Oh, okay. Yes, cool. the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, three seasons there were in 1992. Never did watch it. Who I don't. I don't it? know if the cha- it was the channel that I just didn't watch. Or if it was good, you would have surely heard buzz, right? Much, yeah. I mean, that's how you have to gauge most shows, right? <laughs> yep. But yeah, good old indie. Okay. Always love Temple of Doom. That's my favorite. I liked the first one. It was a little slower, I think. Mm-hmm. But Temple of Doom is always... That face-melting scene cannot be beat. Nope, nope, never. <laughs> Can't be beat. Adam, what about you, sir? All right, so I'm going to start off with a blast from my childhood of a reboot. I'm going to go with Power Rangers. Ooh, Ooh, okay. Now, are you talking the the movie that just came out a few years back? Yeah, the most recent movie. I, a lot of people didn't like it. I actually enjoyed it. See, I'm Same right here. there yeah. with you. I, I thought it. it was yeah. great. Like, I don't know yeah. how you could have done any better, honestly, I, with your source no. material being what it was. Yeah. yeah. The only complaint that I that I heard was there wasn't enough Ranger. And I said, well, you got to build up to it. You know, yeah. you can't just throw them in because, let's face it, the TV show, it was as amazing as it was for the time. It was very, very cheesy and corny, which I think it was supposed to be. Sure. But this movie, they did a really good at leading up and making you – build the character dynamic and then team them up. Yeah. The only complaint I had was there wasn't enough Zord action. No. Definitely so. not. And I wasn't big on the way their Megazord looked no, either. Right. No. But no. I'll tell you what, I got freaking chills when they did the Go-Go Power Rangers on the yeah. Zord. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that one that one's probably one of my, my all-time uh, favorite reboots. I would have to agree. Uh, I thought the cast was all well-picked. Yeah. I mm-hmm. thought they all played their parts very well. I loved Brian Cranston as Zordon. I like yes. how they explained yes. the command center being underground and mm-hmm. stuff. And I even enjoyed uh, Alpha 5. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill Hader is awesome. Yeah. Because even as a kid, I was like, how has no one found this command center? It's like out in the middle of nowhere, and it just looks so the fucking building. weird. Like. <laughs> How's no one found this thing? Yeah. Because there have been instances in the show where you, like, in desperate moments, see them, like, walking this desert plane to or from the <laughs> command center. So it's not like it's on some astral plane. It's, like, there. Yeah. On the it's outskirts. Got a, it's got a huge chimney that anybody could access. So, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I wonder how many childhood of our childhood shows would be ruined now that Google Earth is a thing. Like, oh, <laughs> What's this oh, track? Yeah. These tracks going to uh, Bruce Wayne's pad? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Or Fitbits. I mean, Fitbits. Anyone wears those, it tracks where you're walking. Yeah, so, all right. Bruce Wayne. That would be horrible for Batman. Busted. Yeah. Yep. Right. <laughs> oh, Randy, what do you got? Uh, so I'm going to do the opposite of what Adam just did. I'm going to go from a movie to a TV series. Okay. Uh, Daredevil. The Netflix series. What would you call that? A reboot? Of, I would. Like, I would have to call that a reboot. Mm-hmm. I would say I'd so. Do, yeah, I definitely yeah. say so. But uh, for the better, a good pick at that. Mm-hmm. I just remember, like, I I still kind of like the the original movie, but uh, when I saw Netflix was releasing that, I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And I got my wife to watch it, and we literally sat down at like ten o'clock at night, and we're like, oh, we'll watch one episode. We had, w- ended up watching like four to like three oh, yeah. in the morning, mm-hmm. and for us to do that, it's just unheard of. So good, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, man, <laughs> yeah, amazing. And I loved in that last season how he went back to the black outfit, you know, yeah. instead of just wearing the polished thing. Like, yeah. it made it so much cooler. 
But yeah, I get chills oh, watching or thinking about that show. Yeah. That that last scene in the last season with Wilson Fisk up in the penthouse mm-hmm. is oh so yeah, good. Such a good series. So good. All right. Let's see what do I got here? Um, let's talk about probably the most important reboot to ever happen and kind of set a standard that's still looked at today the dark knight trilogies yeah yes i mean how important was that yeah. i mean before that batman and cinema was almost laughable you know keaton yep. keaton's batman was like okay it that one's cool only, yeah. but the yeah. other ones are kind of you know as they go they get stupid after that they started getting corny and yeah, yeah, and that's all there was, and it looked like Batman and cinema is just something you don't do, right? <laughs> or you know, mediocre at best. But man, you can't just take it out of a comic book and put it on screen because it doesn't work. And even you have though to it's adapt cool, it somehow, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they did it so well that all the Batman stuff that's come since is always held up to it. You know, yeah. it'll, it's the definitive reboot. Yeah, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> anyway, we are back. To Jack. We're doing our favorites, or we could do some worst ones. Anything. Well, reboot for bad one, I would say, would be from cartoon to movie, G.I. Joe. Oh. Uh, the uh, reboot of G.I. Joe, or? Yeah, well, I guess. Oh, you're saying, reboot. I'm sorry, you said from cartoon. I thought you were talking about the cartoon movie. movie. You're no, no, talking no, 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 about no. The, the live action movie. Live action yeah. movie. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Horrible. Cobra oh, just yeah. does not work on screen. They, they really no. gotta. I don't, I don't know what they can do to make it better. Yeah. Or the, more. Those characters are far too eccentric to be yeah. brought into the real world. Luckily, the, the G.I. Joe characters weren't too eccentric like they are on the show. I mean, I guess they all, all had their own specialty, but. Just the whole, the whole way Cobra is, I guess. Just this, I don't know, terrorist group that just shows up in the states, which it, 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 it wouldn't work. It would have been a better movie if they took the freaking love triangle aspect out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to ruin any movie, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but at least they kind of fixed it a little bit in the second one when they killed all the Joes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert, I guess. Yeah. Wow. And brought The Rock in. And he, well, he, yeah. he worked good for Roadblock, I think. It was already spoiled when you brought The Rock in, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're not getting Oscar material with The Rock, are we? I don't know. He wasn't... Rundown wasn't bad. Yeah, it was Rundown right. is nothing close to Oscar material, Randy. What are you well, talking about? So I have some lower standards, okay? I guess so. We'll see when he does Black Adam. Yeah. Yep. Again, not 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 pulling an Oscar. I don't know what I'd like to see him do. Wrestle. <laughs> Touche, Adam. Touche. All right, we're back to you. All right, I'm gonna pull out the big guns, Godzilla. Ooh, nice, those yeah. are some big guns. Especially with this light, latest movie, and it's got me amped for Kong, like versus Zilla. I mean, that's going to be huge. Yeah. When uh, so, how was this new newest film? I take it you enjoyed it. It was beautiful. I, like it, it had the perfect amount of people and monster fights, and it was about eighty percent monster fights, twenty percent people, and that's, that's the way it could be. Yeah. Not a lot of up close monster in nighttime rain. <laughs> no, they, nice. you see, you see these things in broad daylight. You see them lit up and illuminated, and they completely steal the show. My wife, she never watched the Godzilla thing in her life, so we decided to take our six year old and, and and us to the theater. And she was asking me how how are they supposed to give monsters personality. Well, you leaving, she goes, I loved Mothra. That was my favorite character. And she saw the monsters as characters. Huh, so, nice. Yeah, and they did an amazing job with, like, Ghidorah because they gave each head a personality. Like, you know exactly who's the alpha. You know which one's the stupid head. I mean, it's amazing. So, yeah, they did an amazing job. Doherty did a great job with the uh, reboot of this. I'm so glad the U.S. redeemed themselves and with the Godzilla franchise. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. track record hasn't been too good lately. Right. No. I I want to see it, but like every time you see the trailer for it, it's just like a over the shoulder side shot of Millie Bobby Brown over right. and over, yeah. and it's just like yeah. enough to make me want to like jab my eyes out <laughs> with forks. 
So yeah. I mean, they play a key role in it because they, you know, they obviously have to mesh them somehow, but sure. the story is primarily about the monsters and who is to rise above. So, and then if you do watch it, you definitely want to pause the credit scenes and read all these little newspaper clippings because it sets up future movies. So, Oh, really? Yeah. Easter yeah. They eggs. A ton of them. Gotta love that. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll finish off Kong and Godzilla. I mean, one of them yeah. ends up winning and you end up feeling bad at the end. I think it's like Stan Lee said, you never have a definitive winner. You know, yeah. something's no, got to come like between that, yeah. them. Something's got to interrupt it to keep the debate going. They'll never truly answer that question, right? No. no. Well, they might end, end it the same way they did the original Japanese um, Godzilla versus King Kong, which they just both fall into the ocean and you don't really have a clear winner. Yeah, yeah, that's how they need to do it. Oh. That's how it'll be done. That's that's the formula. I mean, remember, I don't know which Godzilla it was, but they ended up killing Godzilla at the end because they dropped him in or knocked him into a volcano, and it was horrific for me when I was little. I don't know which one it was, though. <laughs> that's a shame. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. Remember that one, Randy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's trying to, I've seen all of them. I'm trying to remember pondering. which one it is. Take us back, Randy. I he's, know I was he's got killed a few times. So it had to be probably one of the originals. Um, probably. Probably was it black and white? Mm-mm. Well, it might have been because they had that great technology where they learned to color black and white movies. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head, man. I'm failing as a guy. So where they fan. actually like sit there with each little frame and color it with a colored pencil or something? <laughs> crazy, wasn't it? Oh, oh man, never no, the same job. pasty white color. <laughs> who uh that was that was Adam's Adam. pick yep. alright um Randy you're next so I'm gonna go a little off the reservation on this one but uh a, a childhood movie that um I'm really hoping I don't think it's on Disney Plus yet but uh the live action Jungle Book ooh from 94 oh yeah oh from 94 yeah so I thought you meant uh the like the newer one no, okay I forgot no, they even redid that one yeah, they redid this yeah. one back. I think it was 94, but uh, they called it uh, uh, Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling's Jungle Book. But uh, it was live action and had all trained animals, like nothing was CG in it. Really? Um, it starred Jason Scott Lee, who played Bruce Lee in, I think, the, the Return of the Dragon documentary. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Not related to him at all, but they also had uh, Carrie, uh, Carrie U- Ewes. Ellis? Uh, yeah. That was, uh, sorry. Um, uh, the chick that plays Cersei from Game of Thrones, uh, Sam Neill, John Cleese. Um, it actually had quite a few really good actors in it. So, um, so the animals just talk kind of like Garfield? No, it was more like Mowgli just kind of understood him. They made like animal noises and he would kind of narrate what they were saying or talk back to him like he oh, okay. understood. Um, just like how you talk to a dog right now. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, <laughs> but they're like growl or bark or whatever right. back, and um, it was it was actually really good. There was a scene where the, uh, he fights the snake right off the bat, and it was really intense. I remember watching it as a kid. So here's hoping that Disney puts that on there. It was an actual Disney release. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to investigate this. Hmm. Sounds intriguing. Yeah, it was good. All right. When we were uh, riffing movies, you know, uh, with Jake, there was a royalty-free version of Jungle Book uh, online that I thought we would rip on. But uh, I don't know. I found the movies we chose had much easier potential (laughs) to make fun of. (laughs) But anyway, uh, how about I bring them up in every category I can? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. Yes. I don't think a reboot uh, has been done that it will beat that first movie. I mean, no, no, no. none, nothing. And I've, I've heard that they're talking about another reboot yet. In they are to, they are mm-hmm. to the rubber suits. Oh yeah. I believe they're going to be moving that, that direction. Cause the, uh, CGI was so horribly received. Yeah. It looks bad. <laughs> I accepted it after a while. I mean, maybe because I had to, you yeah, had to. you don't have a choice, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But still going back to the old the old ones, like the NECAs you got right there. Yeah. That's yeah, that's them. Yeah, that's definitely them. And if I hope they could replicate that look. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because even by the second movie, they still looked good, but they looked different. 
Yeah, they, they did. did not look the same as the first movie, and they yeah. never looked as good as that first film ever again. The only they thing looked was, too friendly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only jarring thing was that their mouth movement wasn't perfect, but I'm sure they would just over CG that a little bit to make them look. Worse. Yeah, now nowadays it could easily be mm-hmm. fixed. Um, and you know, like we talked about with Jurassic Park and that T Rex, you know, it's as practical as it can be. Use the CG to fill in the. Yep. The cracks, right? You know, yeah. and if that's what they do here, if along with a good story, that'd be awesome. Just don't get the guy that did Superman's mouth. Oh, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> that guy, he uh, must never work again. No, <laughs> I mean, that's a daunting task. I don't know if it a is. CG artist alive who would be able to pull that off because think about that. You're you're not it's not like a quick blemish you're creating half of somebody's whole face mm-hmm. yeah. yeah to pass it as that's a daunting task and i want to oh I, I remember going into it because i did not watch that one in the theater i saw that one on like uh, netflix or whatever whatever it came yeah i didn't streaming. see that theater either and I hadn't heard all the hype about that. I had heard, like, I saw pictures of, like, a mouth on other things, but I didn't get yes. what it was. Yes, I had seen, like, that on Thanos or something. Yeah, that's what it was. I remember was. they had done that, but I didn't get what it was about mm-hmm. and completely forgot. And just as soon as that scene started, I was like, okay, Superman, look, what the fuck's up with that mouth? You know, and that's, yeah. you just stare at it. I remember watching that at my mom's on Christmas morning, and my sister's like, Superman's mouth looked weird, and I was just like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all because of a mustache that could have easily been put back on if Seriously. it got trimmed off. I know, but Hollywood. It, it's a strange thing. Yeah. Caesar Romero, that motherfucker. I mean, <laughs> you can't tell me you wouldn't be able to just CG the mustache away. I was just going to say that too. Yeah, yeah. rather than reconstruct so much the easier. whole jaw. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we saw what the mustache ended up being, right? Mm-hmm. On in Mission Impossible, it's not like it was super intrusive. It wasn't a fucking Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, it was manageable. I yeah. thought. I was just gonna say, or just I mean, there's been storylines where Superman has a mustache, right? Like, it's... I think so. I mean, it would be disturbing at this point. I mean, him to come back from the dead with a mustache would be a little fucking weird. <laughs> introduce more questions, I think. But... We don't know what his species does yeah, when they really. die. We don't know. Maybe he was just hibernating and he was in a coma. Yeah. And his They're dead, face but they grow brain. hair <laughs> on their lip. <laughs> his casket just busts open with hair. <laughs> Oh my god, that was funny. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was what? That was me? That was my pick TMNT, right? Yes. yes. Or did we. Yeah, no, you did mine. So it's back to. Back it's to back me. to Jackery, yes. One of the other best sequels, the best trilogy, Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I don't yes. know which one of those sequels is better than the first. They're all pretty much about equal, I think. Maybe the third one's not. The third one's probably the least. Yeah. Two's my favorite. I think, I think, th- I think two is my more of my favorite just because of the whole going back to the past yeah. and running past himself. Just the, how they recreated everything. Yeah. I still don't understand how they did it. It's all. a movie that, like, yeah, it, a movie that went into another movie that you'd already seen. It was cool, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I there were scenes that you could see how they did it. They yeah. just. Like when he's sneaking around the car, like they obviously yeah, just took the scene tell. and just made it a little smaller and framed <laughs> it in that car yeah. <laughs> window. But uh, yeah, there are other times that you're just like, like in the yeah. dance. That's one of them. Just the way when he's up on stage. I mean, maybe they could have just had someone, but I don't know. It just seemed too sure exactly did. the same. Yeah. With him in it, I wonder how much of that was pre-planned too. Like, okay, we need to do these shots from this angle for the next movie or something like that. You oh, know? you know what? That's true. They could have just done it from a different angle, just keep recording because they knew something was up. There are people, and I've seen on social media who have taken um, the shots from the first movie and the second movie and held them up next to each other. And it's funny because you know you say it looks spot on. Your memory thinks like, God damn, that's perfect. That's yeah. how do they do that? But when you see them up next to each other, it's like a world of really yeah especially i mean the only things i saw though were like the pictures of uh you know the difference uh, elizabeth shoe and uh who was the other girl i don't remember her name but the girl was that wizard this year wasn't she uh Mm -hmm. anyway 
yeah, Michael J. Fox definitely looks different. The whole scene looks different. Mm. But when you when you watch it that second time around, it's like, wow, they they just kind of interjected her in there, didn't they? You know? <laughs> it's funny how your mind works. That's like the what's it called where you you remember something being a certain way, but it was never that way at all. Mandela effect. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like the the end of the first one when it the it says you know what's it say at the end that we'll be back watch for the second one I just thought it said to be continued yeah to be continued that's what it is that never showed up that was done later on once they released it on on video yeah Yeah. but everyone remembers seeing it in the theater not crazy yeah it never happened you know when the the Mandela effect first started trending and I think the Bernstein yeah Stain excuse me Bears came out like I was right on board Mm -hmm. I was like These people are in fuck. I've got the merch. I like it had me in the basement digging. And I and I think is up here? I don't think it's up there anymore, but I did it. I have a little happy meal toy. It was the only thing I could find. It's like, well, surely in the foot of this thing will be a stamp saying, Oh my god, I was wrong all these years. It's definitely stained. But yeah, it's weird how that happens. Yeah. All right, that was who? That was Jack's pick? Yep. yep. We are back to Adam. All right, so one of my all-time favorite characters, and they, he has a huge rogues gallery, is Spider-Man. They just can't seem to get oh, his movies yeah. right. <laughs> it's funny with Spider-Man. Like, with every incarnation, they seem to get aspects right. Aspects, yes. Yeah, there's always some part that is, but then... Like the Tobey Maguire nailed the Peter Parker. Yep. The Andrew Garfield... Nailed the Spider-Man, I thought, mm-hmm. pretty pretty well. Let's see, what else? Uh, J. Jonah Jameson has been nailed. Yeah, he was yeah. nailed yes. very, I, very well. He, he was probably one of my favorite parts of all the movies because he he's just spot on, and he just has that anger. Um, I really like like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I really like mm-hmm. the, the playfulness of him. I do, too. Um and you know, again, I understand why they had to do everything with the you know licensing and mm-hmm. rights holders and timelines, yada yada yada. But um, it just it doesn't feel like Spider Man to me quite yet. I think this next movie is going to because by the end of uh, Far From Home, they had dropped him in his perfect setting, you yeah. know, right yeah. in the middle mm-hmm. of New York. And I was like, okay, this is where shit's going to start to really get good for me. It's not going to be Iron Man light anymore. It's yeah. He's losing yeah. all the yeah. tech and just the Spider-Man. All the, tech. all the Avengers stuff and Iron Man put behind, let's get to friendly neighborhood Spider-Man yeah. shit. That's yeah. what yeah. I want to see. Yeah. And they've already set it up perfectly for Sinister Six. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. If, uh, is that what, have you heard anything? Is that what they're going for next? I, my gut says so because you've got Vulture. They've introduced um, Scorpion, Craven the Hunter, supposed to be making some sort of debut. Mysteria, who I feel isn't dead. Uh, <laughs> well, chameleon in there. Yeah, he had Chameleon, who oh, a lot yeah. of people kind of overlooked um, him. Um, and then uh, the Tinkerer is still out there. Shocker is still out there. That that tower. I want to say that. There's two theories. One is that's a um, the uh, Fantastic Four's tower, or the other is Osborn or Oscorp. So, you know, they've set it up beautifully to introduce all his main villains. So, oh, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, See yeah. Mister Six. And a quick little plug for our Patreon. We did a whole episode on Spider-Man. On Ooh, yeah, we did. Yeah, and yep. we talked about a lot of that stuff too. So it's yeah, that that was a fun episode. And it was right before Far From Home came out, so we did a mm-hmm. lot of speculation, and we nailed some of that stuff. Yeah, 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 we, we did. did. So yeah, yeah. And the thing with uh, Mysterio too is, you know, other people have worn that mantle, so it wouldn't have to be necessarily Quentin Beck surviving. You know, right. anybody exactly. could bring it back. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I wonder if they'll stick with the home trope in the next title. You know, it's been homecoming, far from home. Do you think they'll uh, do it again? Yeah, I, I want to say like a home run or something silly. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or better than anything I was home. I, I couldn't even think. I, you know, coming home again. I, I don't know. Home alone, something. Yeah. <laughs> Sprider Man, Homeward Brown. Home on the range. Who knows? <laughs> Keep them coming, guys. Randy, sir. Randy. So, uh, you guys remember the old, old, I don't know if you've seen that movie, Spartacus? 
Yes, I am Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. No. I don't think I've ever seen it, but I've seen parts of it. Okay. Well, they redid, I don't know if it was Netflix that did it, but it was on Netflix a while. They made a, a TV show out of it. Um, oh, completely I, recast. I heard it was good. It was really good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely it was Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of nudity, a lot of gore, but damn it, if it wasn't good watching. <laughs> I think there was, I want to say like three seasons and a spinoff. But uh, if it's still on Netflix, it's definitely binge worthy. Was it HBO? It might have been. Um, like I, I saw it on Netflix, mm. but um, the first season, the, the actor that played the the title rogue got cancer and died Ooh. so that's when they did the spin-off and then they uh one of his friends i think came and did the second and third season but it's it's really good hmm. Spartacus. Spartacus. yeah i've never uh i've never watched that i don't know if i've even heard of it to be honest with you it's it's worth watching man hmm. very uh, noted noted <laughs> like we don't have enough to binge right now yeah, yeah that list keeps getting longer doesn't it uh, how about Hellboy? That's what I'm going to bring to the table. Did you guys happen to see the newest Hellboy I have, reboot? Yes. I have not, but it's actually pending for me to watch the next Ooh. couple of days. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I don't want to spoil anything. Then, but... <laughs> no, go, go for it. I'm sure I've already seen it online. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, there's nothing to even really spoil. I mean, there's definitely some gratifying moments of it, mm-hmm. like seeing... Uh, I think we saw it in the first, the original ones, but the, his crown, you know, the little flame crown thing, yeah. that's always cool to see come to fruition. Um, my only gripe with it was some of the special effects. Were just there was some really jarring stuff. Really yeah. bad. Like, yeah. really bad. And it just it pulls you out of it so fast, you know? That and the pacing of the story was way too quick. It was it was very rushed. Yeah, and there were times where you'd think it was over and then it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So I've never read the comic. Now, which one, which, the the original or the reboot, which one was a closer kind of? I mean, I can't even say I was, I've, uh, I'm very knowledgeable in the comics either, but. Um, no, I've read a couple of them, but they don't really. There's no correlation between anything? No, I mean, he does kind of wisecrack and gripe, but he he's not really ever around his dad or anything. He's always, it, the, the stories I've read, he's off doing his own thing, kind of. Okay. But it was neat, kind of neat to find out that the. The newest Hellboy is a prequel to the first two. Oh, I didn't realize that. Is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, because the 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 scene at the end credit scene. You didn't catch that. Just what the the team coming together? You mean? Well, there's that a little bit, and then you see the. Oh, the Abe Sapien yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is when they find him. I didn't take it as I don't know. I didn't take it as such. I mean, it makes sense. That's how but... it just. In timeline, the way it worked out, I yeah. guess, even though the team was totally different. I enjoyed him, though, as Hellboy. What was his name? Uh, dude from Stranger Things? Hopper. Hopper from Stranger yeah. Things. It starts with an H, too. Not Ron. Not <laughs> I don't remember his name, but uh, yeah, he uh, he's really good. He I liked him. He, yeah. yeah, he looks good. He, lo- okay. he looked more like the comic than Ron. Mm. Even Ron, even though Ron looked pretty good as him, but I, I think, yeah, the new guy looks better. They look good for sure. Did you guys happen to see uh, during Comic Con weekend when we were walking uh, down to the toy store from the convention center, the cosplayers Hellboy came by? By what do you guys chopper. pointed that out? But I, all I heard the chopper go by. He looked and so maybe saw out of yeah, my periphery, I, but didn't get a good look. Fucking boss, man. Yeah. He looked awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I saw it originally and i, I think you did quick yeah. enough and then you and misty were a little bit farther down not mm-hmm. quick enough for me to grab a camera that would have been no, cool yeah. to get a pic but i mean i don't think any of us could have been that quick no, no, you know no. <laughs> you had to known yeah yeah Except here he comes here he comes shot. get ready stop playing bro <laughs> <laughs> all right uh you guys have any any more entries you want to drop really quick before we move on i hit my high points mm-hmm. you got mine Got him in there. All right. Well, with that, let's turn our attention over to Adam and talk more or just talk about what he's been up to since uh, he was last on the show again. Episode 303. Uh, Adam, what is new with you in Midnight 27 Studios, sir? Man, there's been a lot of stuff that I've been working on. I've been plugging away at uh, Prowl 7, which is going to be releasing in January, about a month later than I wanted to, mainly because... I got picked up for a couple short stories that I put before my own stuff. So those 
they always take priority. Um, sure. One is a short zombie story, and then uh, the other is that I did was or am currently working on is called Grim. The author uh, Jennifer Reinfrey, uh, uh, she wrote a trilogy, and now we're adapting that to a graphic novel. They're going to be uh, huge, huge graphic novels, so they're going to take a while to do. And you're also doing some stuff on uh, along a burning river, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I did. I did. Basically, I just contributed a uh, poster uh, for that, and the Kickstarter was successfully funded. Um, and I think that we unlocked three stretch goals. Nice. Um, yeah. So the uh, the poster was a huge hit, and it's it's probably one of my favorite pieces in my portfolio, which is the Loveland Frogman. So. I got to draw frogs. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I saw a yeah. picture of it on Facebook. It looked awesome, dude. Thanks. Yeah, I I love it. It's when they they asked me, and I I always ask, well, who would you like, or you know, any ideas of what you're looking for? And he says, just make it something obscure, like it has to be an Ohio-based myth, you know, based myth. And uh, so I I scoured the internet and found the most obscure creature I could because everyone's heard of Yetis, everyone's heard of Mothman, everyone's heard of you know Champy and all that. But I found the Loveland Frogman, and I'm like, that's it. That's where I'm going. That's and the only one I've ever heard of is Mothman. I don't know really? those other ones. Yeah, I've never heard frog. of this Frogman. So hmm. is he is he just like a man sized frog? Is it that no. easy? Is he? He's about, yeah, he's about three feet tall, and they, he has a magic power. So the the coolest thing about the story and and the accounts are it was police officers that actually spotted this creature as standing up on its hind legs, and it leaped back into the uh, Miami River. So down in Loveland, Ohio, and this was back in the 70s. Hmm. And there's not that many accounts of it, so I think they killed it. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's, it was just really, really interesting, and I'd, I'd heard about it, and, uh, yeah, I thought drawing a gigantic frog would be awesome. I immediately think of... Um... In South Park, remember Lemmy Winks? Uh, yeah. Lemmy <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, Winks. <laughs> the policeman saw it. It must be real. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's all kinds of like uh, podcasts, like lore podcasts that talk about stuff like that, and uh, it's funny, you know, how a whole town or community will take face value what two scrubs out drinking yeah. beer at night <laughs> down a country road. Yeah. We saw it. Must have been real. It yeah. was there. I tell you, oh, but yeah. God. So I've been working on little stuff like that, and I've been working on more upper deck cards. I'm working on. Uh, I just wrapped up Far From Home, and I'm currently working on Endgame, and it's supposed to be due next week. And I, not even halfway through, so I've got some work ahead of me. When you say working on these, you're talking. Uh, they're sketch cards, so they release you know, exclusive sets for, you know, collectors. Yeah. Things from movies, they maybe sometimes film strips, uh, stuff, you know, exclusive stuff, autograph cards. Um, but one of the things that they offer are these blank cards that um, we get to put art on and they insert those in the pack. So you have like, I, for, I forget what the odds are that you get it, but you can get an original piece within your trading card pack. That's really cool. Are they it, the actual the art? Like, yeah, it's the actual yeah. art. Nice. It's not mm-hmm. actual. Yeah, you get the original out. piece. Yeah, not not a print. You get the full thing. So I draw it, mail it to them. You pull it. I mean, you can get on eBay and pull up some that I've done, which was wild for me to find the first time. And then what was really cool was I was at a show and a guy walked up. He goes, "Look what I just got!" And it was a Deadpool card that I had done. He oh, actually had pulled it. Yep. How so, many would you say you have out in circulation? Over four hundred. Over 400. Wow. wow. And how often do you see them? Or has it only been the few instances? Yeah, the, just a few that I've seen them in the wild. Um, people that have showed me that they've got or they've bought off eBay. Uh, but, yeah, to me, I don't know where they go. I, like, I'll, I'll sometimes search Adam Field sketch cards just to, if I'm bored or something and see. And there's different forms out there. There's too many out there to, to look at individually. But... I'll find images of people that have pulled them and they've list cause they're card collectors. So it's really cool. But one of the neatest things about the, about these are um, upper deck sends us what they call artist proof cards. And they're essentially for artists to sell. So they pay us per card, but they also give us free cards for us to 
basically use it as commission. So people order them off me and they have to go through a whole review process and approval and everything. So, but then they can get their favorite character, um, directly from their favorite artist and so they don't have to go buy pack after pack and with the chance that they're going to get something good there's someone else's art yeah <laughs> and let me tell you i've seen i've seen some stuff um that i'm like wow that passed okay <laughs> it's it, i would as a collector i would have been upset if i would have pulled something like that and spent some of these packs can be a couple hundred dollars and I would be upset if that's what I got, but really, wow. yeah. And I've, I've submitted stuff that I'm not particularly proud of, but you know, it, it's kind of rushed and it's such a small surface area. <laughs> but, I can imagine. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. sure. I can only imagine some of the wonky eyed things that probably got passed through there. Like, yeah, I've got 50 right now that I'm, that I'm doing. So, wow. Yeah. It's a fun, fun little gig. Um, it is really cool. Then mm-hmm. to send them out into the world and they become someone else piece of a collection. That's really yeah. cool, man. And, and it is it's a good feeling. And those are upper deck, right? So upper deck. Yep. Okay. Yep. Almost makes me want to try buying a couple packs. We'll yeah. find an Adam Field exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be awesome. So let's talk about uh, Randy pointed out that you're part of what is this now? Like a twelve days of Christmas uh, like oh. books and comics sale? Yeah. So, all right. I got to pull the event up so I don't get anything wrong. Um, so at Nickel Plate Arts over in Noblesville, Indiana, um, Stuart Sager and Gavin Smith and I um, were all co- sort of coming together. And it's a two-part uh, two-part event. Um, basically, it's to promote the art center because this art center, let me, it, it does so many things for the, the community and, and for the art scene as a whole. Um, they host an event for, um, it's called comic book in a day where you have nine hours to complete like four pages of a short story that you have to create on the spot. And it's just a fun event that, you know, sort of promotes comic books and, you know, storytelling. So they bring in as many different artists and stuff as they can. Well, this one, they're just bringing us three and, uh, we are going to be doing demonstrations on site. Stuart, Gavin, and I, I'm doing the art of the sketch card. Um, so I'll be working on cards there while, uh, you know, the general public can walk through and sort of see what we're working on and ask questions. And we kind of get to talk to younger artists or maybe someone who's looking for a career change or even if they're just a hobbyist. So they want to, uh, to just sort of hone in on their skill. They get to sort of ask us questions. That's going to be happening from uh, 3 to 7 p.m. at their facility. Then at 7 o'clock, we're shutting and locking the doors. We're locking everybody out. And we're going to do our first ever live sell, meaning we're going to lay out our prints and books, and we're going to go live. And you get to mix and match prints from Stuart and Gavin or myself, books from all of us, and uh, it's going to be a good time. So that's going to be 8 to 10. I guess I don't understand the last thing there, the mix and match. Yeah. What exactly is this again? I'm sorry. I don't understand the details. No, it's all right. So pretty much, you know, there's. have you ever seen someone do like a live auction on Facebook? Or uh, uh, they have stuff set up and people are, oh, you know. I see, yeah. I, I see yeah. what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Okay. No. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're all going to have our our prints we're going to have books that we've all created and they're going to be laid out on the table we're going to just pan across them non-stop and they're all going to be numbered so like i think mine my letter is b so you get to say i want b1 and we grab that print for you and we set off to the side and then um you can sort of get something from Stuart, you can get something from gavin you can get something from me and it all ships together so wow. we're offering yeah and they're all going to come off we're offering um signatures with uh, COAs for five dollars, um, we'll even offering remarks for forty. So you can not only just get the book, but we'll actually remark it before it gets shipped out. Um, yeah, and then there's going to be a special price, I, I believe, on uh, prints, but I'm not sure what that will be at this moment in time. But all that will be posted here in the next week. But yeah, it's it's going to be a big learning curve, but I'm super excited for, um, 
for the sale because it's people that can't make it to cons or can't make it out. We're going to kind of bring the con to you. Yeah, that's really that's cool. Awesome. That's nice. a good idea. And you get to talk with us, which is even better. It's not like you, they're putting our stuff up and that's it. No, we're actually going to be talking to anybody who comments and everything. So, And if you've not talked to Gavin or Stuart, they are very charismatic people, very fun and energetic. And Stuart is actually one that sort of um, kind of held my hand and got me to, to this point. He was kind of like my little mentor. So it's kind of cool to be alongside of him and, and Gavin now. That is really cool, man. I've never really heard of anything like that, yeah. you know, especially like the uh, and maybe it's something that happens all the time. But, you know, shutting the doors and doing the pan over so people can. I mean, I'm, I'm not technologically advanced, you know, I don't use <laughs> yeah. Facebook very often or at all for that matter. So I've seen that a lot with like LuLaRue leggings and stuff. The, yeah. Oh, I've yeah. Seen too, yeah. But, I uh, see. And- it's it's not going to be like that. <laughs> I didn't think it was. We're not going to go, hey, girl, hey. No, we're not doing none of that. All right. My wife, she she dreads the, hey, girl, haven't talked to you in a while messages on Facebook. She immediately just blocks and deletes them because that's all they are, direct sale stuff. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. yeah. Right? Very good. So that's December 5th from 3 yeah. to 10, December, right? Yeah. Yep, December 5th over at Nickel Plate Art. That is um, 107 South 8th uh, Street, Noblesville, Indiana. That's that's for the the location from uh, 3 to three to 7. And then 8 to 9, you guys can tune in Eastern Standard Time. For the lives yep. auction, essentially. For the that live auction. Really uh, cool. That is awesome. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, best of luck hmm. to you guys with that. That sounds like it's going to be a really, I wish we were closer. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just but, tune in. Cool yeah. Pop, yeah, we could yeah. tune in via. via yeah, be yeah. like we're right there. Yeah, tag your guys and say, hey, we're guys from the the, the uh, podcast, you know, the Candare, because we, you know, I did talk to Stuart about it, and unfortunately he was busy today, so that's why I sort of said, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to come and talk talk about the event awesome yeah well that's definitely awesome I, again wish we were uh, freaking closer yeah we'll, yeah we'll see you at torgs i mean you're gonna be uh, one of our I, I am i'm excited for that i've already started working on my 2020 schedule and it's filling up very quick so i'm glad <laughs> that i got in on that one yes early on <laughs> well i got your uh, your uh, twitter handle at adam fields 127 is that still the same that is correct. Very good. And uh, for people wanting to check more about uh, this, uh, the twelve days of Christmas sale thing you guys have going here, should they go to your Facebook? Is there another place they should be directing? So they should probably just go ahead and follow Nickel Plate Art um, over on on Facebook. But I am going to be sharing the crap out of this event on on the Art of Adam Fields page on Facebook. The closer we get to the show, awesome awesome and then um, we'll have to uh yeah shoot us uh, tweets and links and we'll help push that out man absolutely adam it has been a pleasure having you back and you are always welcome on this Life show part. my friend thank you jack what do we have on the website go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights listen to the show follow us on all our social media buy some merch become a patron see some youtube videos and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work send us an email on our contacts page and once again, you can find us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And for $5 a month, you get access to the Candare Patreon pod. Just go to patreon.com forward slash CandarePod, or you can just follow that handy little link on the website Jack was just talking up there. And uh, did you say something about Wizard World? You Bay Area people out there, if you're going to that Wizard World con out there the last of the year, use Candare in the promo box at checkout to get a cool 10% off your ticket price you can't beat that going on this weekend the first or the weekend after thanksgiving yeah 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 yeah. i always forget that this is always out there and always streaming (laughs) yeah (laughs) things i said are only going to be relevant for a few days though so um what else we have anything so if you guys need more of a podcast fix and looking for something a little bit more intellectual check out these guys at what if uh, their <laughs> podcast that I'm not on that I always plug. <laughs> he does. He, he's good at plugging it. So yeah, our other show, What good If, for something. <laughs> if you search What If series in your podcast player choice, or just search Candare Productions, uh, you'll find uh, this show and our other show, What If, with me, myself, Jack, and our other co-host Ryan Little. 
who every, what, two or three weeks or so, we put another one out mm-hmm. there where we just look at a twist on reality. What if Bigfoot had been found? Uh, what if... What Vampires if, were real. Yeah, when one's about to be put out. So what if the Earth just stops spinning one day? That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Dire, isn't it? Yeah, really. <laughs> Bet you can't figure out what happens. Uh, we did. <laughs> but uh, you, uh, yeah, head over to whatifpod.com or again, search uh, What If Series or Candare Productions in your podcast player of choice. And uh, either way, you should get to the show that way. And I think that's going to do it for this that's week. It. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And I'm Adam Fields. Thanks for listening, everyone. approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! No more gonna turn... (laughs) Very weird indeed. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.